0: Episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and we are, as always, presented to you by Geek Fides Nation. Joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan?
1: What's going on? Super excited to be back talking basketball. It's been a little
0: while. I've missed it. It has been. Well, you know, it's like this is like the worst time of year for sports. Thank God for San Diego Comic Con because like, <laughs> we didn't get a lot going on otherwise. It's like, do you want to watch the British Open? Like, no, not really. <laughs> like, um, like the only golf I watch is the Masters. Like, and that's because it takes place here in Georgia. And there's just something beautiful about the Masters to me. Like, but for the most part, I could give a fuck about golf. Um, I definitely don't watch the British Open or the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship. Like, those are the three other. Majors, so I at least know them. I know the four majors in golf, um but i I only watched one of them and I, and that's it like I did watch the masters though, and it was fucking awesome seeing Tiger Woods win it this year. like I was super fucking hyped about that um I, especially after such a long hiatus but dude i was like I was literally i was like crying a little bit when he was like li- when he got to the eighteenth green, and we all knew he was going to win, and he made the shot, and he like hugged his mom and his fucking family and everything. It was fucking dope. But for the most part, don't care about golf other than the masters. Um, like we're, we're post, um, MLB all-star game. So it's like, I guess it's kind of exciting, but I'm not like huge into baseball until the playoffs, you know, like I'll start following when the playoffs hit kind of the same way with NFL too, if I'm being honest. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, it's just – it's the dregs, man. It's, like, post-free agency, um, like, post-All-Star game in baseball. Like, you got some golf and tennis stuff going on that I don't really care about. Football hasn't started up again yet. It's just, like, it's rough. Um, but, like I said, thank God for San Diego Comic-Con because that kept us all very enthused Um, this past week. Um, and uh, just a little plug real quick, uh, if you're interested in uh, anything that went on in San Diego Comic-Con, specifically what went on with Marvel uh, in the MCU and Disney at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, be sure to go check out uh, our most recent episode of Geek Vibes Live. where We break down all of the Phase 4 slate of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it was a ton of fun. Like, just broke down everything. Um it's good it's I was it was one of those shows that I was proud of like immediately after we got done with it I was like that was a good show um so yeah be sure to go check that out um but in the meantime we're in the dregs of summer so we opened up um some questions for the audience uh for the fans um and so we're going to answer a few of those questions uh on this pod so this will be our summer mailbag pod Um, we, we have some other stuff coming down the pipe as far as, um, as far as, uh, various topics that we've come up with. Um, Joel wants to do a pod, uh, or or multi-pod. He wants to do a couple with like ranking the best duos in the league. So we're going to, we're going to basically do an NBA jam, uh, pod where we rank the best NBA jam teams um, from, uh, from best to worst. Um, so that'll be fun. We'll, we'll be doing that throughout the summer. And of course we'll have our preseason awards, um, that we'll do, we'll have our preseason power rankings, um, you know, of all the teams. So obviously the power rankings will be a little different than the, um, best duos. So we'll have a little bit of flavor for, you know, each of those two things. Um, so yeah, so be sure to stay tuned. We got all of that coming your way. Uh, but for now, let's get into these questions. But before we do, I thought of this trade today, and I had to run it by you, juan Um, so, like, I was just fucking at work today, just, you know, doing whatever. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't even know exactly the context of, like, how it hit me, but I was like, this makes actually a lot of sense. Um, so this trade can't be... Um, it can't really be – it can't be conducted until December 15th um, when the new contracts that have been signed are eligible for trade, but um, here's my trade proposal to you, and this is probably the simplest of trades you're ever going to hear from me. This is It's a player-for-player player trade, no picks. You could include some picks, but I didn't just for the sake of, um, you know, whatever, Um I would really like to see Tobias Harris traded for CJ McCollum. Now, here's my train of thought here. Um the Blazers um like pairing of, of Lillard and McCollum has been good. Like no doubt it's been good. But they traded away Mo Heartless, um and they did not re sign Aminu. Their best like Legit forward on their roster right now is Anthony Tolliver. <laughs> like, they've got a bunch of guys playing down and a bunch of guys, or one guy playing up in Zach Collins, um, who can play the four, but Nurkic is hurt. He really needs, he's going to be utilized most as, as the backup center backing up Whiteside. Other than that, they got Anthony Tolliver, Scal and, uh, the rookie, um, uh Nazir Little who I'd like but he did struggle at UNC which is why he dropped to 25th in the draft um so he, he he he's kind of known as like a late bloomer it took him a while to get it together in high school and then he finally did and everyone was really high on him well he didn't really do that well in college i would expect he's not going to translate super well to the nba immediately um i think he's going to be good i just think it's going to take him Two maybe three four years um, before he can kind of tie it together. Um, however, um, as far as the guard positions, they just traded for Kent Bazemore, who could easily be your starting shooting guard. Um, they re-signed Rodney Hood, who's another guy who's like a two three kind of guy, um, along with Baz. Um, Anthony Simons uh, had a real Simons or Simmons, I'm not sure. There's one M. In the spelling of his name, so I, I default to Simons. I've heard it simmons i don't I don't know, but um he is uh looked really fucking good at the end of last season um and looked really good in summer league. so they have a lot of guard depth and if you're looking at like talent wise, I feel like McCollum and and Harris are basically on the same page. They're almost the same age. Um, McCollum is a little less than a year older than Harris um, so as far as age factor not, not a big difference there for either team but here's the big thing um, some people might say that Harris was overpaid um, for his most recent deal with the Sixers he got a five year deal wasn't quite a max deal but it was close to it um, but uh, CJ McCollum has two years left on his deal at the time when that'll be up He'll be 30 years old. He's going to want another max deal um, or something close to it. Like, would you rather have Tobias Harris locked up for the next five years where in two years you know you still have him for three years at a max deal under this salary cap? Or would you rather have to pay a guy maybe even further out than three years than C.J. McCollum maybe four or five years when he's 30 years old? Um and you know he's uh, uh, the salary cap's gonna rise, so you know the max salary spot's gonna rise too. Um, these are my questions. I think given their roster um, and the fact that they have people who can play the two both now and in the future with with uh, Anthony Simmons, Simons, whatever, um, I think it makes more sense to prioritize getting a uh, have your Robin be a wing player, as we've said, uh, uh, you know, several times throughout this podcast. Um, but like you have an elite guard in Damian Lillard, probably better to have a fringe All Star forward than a fringe All Star guard to pair with him. Um, so that's my thought for them. As for the Sixers, um, you, you, right now. I, I defensively I like everyone's talking about how they improve defensively and I do agree to some extent because Al Horford's really good defensively and so is Josh Richardson like he's obviously better than um than JJ Redick um but as of now like think about like last year in the playoffs they had Ben Simmons guard Kawhi Leonard and like if you were to do that say if you had a matchup like that and you were to do that in this lineup so who the fuck is Tobias Harris going to guard playing the three like you can't shift him down to the four because Al Horford can't guard a guard Tobias Harris can't guard a guard so it just limits you what you can do defensively So that's number one number two is CJ McCollum like I said he's still a fringe all star but he can be a closer. We saw, we've seen him close out games when Lillard struggles. In fact, I believe he he was the the closer in that um that game seven against Denver. Um, and you yeah, know that's, that's 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 the position that you know you could put him in. I think he would actually fit that mold better as far as what they wanted from Jimmy Butler, which was to be the third option for like most of the game and then be the first option down the stretch of the game. Um, I think McCollum would be way better for that. I mean, he's been primed for it. He's played next to fucking Dame Lillard for his whole career. Um, So he's kind of primed for it in that regard. I think he would thrive off that. He's more of a ball handler. Like he can, you can stagger him and Simmons. And so you always have one of them on the floor. He can be your point guard. Um, in those in those times when Simmons is off the court. Um, and, like, the luxury of having Josh Richardson is he can just slide from two to three. And then if you have McCollum, you're losing links, obviously. But, like, again, with the defensive side, I would much rather have McCollum shifting up to guard a point guard or a shooting guard and letting Richardson guard the other of those two than having Tobias Harris anywhere close to the perimeter trying to guard a one- or two-guard. That I just that is scary to me. I think this is beneficial for both teams, um, like cap-wise and everything else. Um, and then, you know, obviously I, I pointed out having um, Harris locked up for five years, along with you just gave Dame the supermax, you got him locked up for six years. So you got those two guys, you got three solid young pieces, and Anthony Simons, um, uh, Zach Collins, Nazir Little. You also have Nurkic, assuming he comes back healthy. So you have a nice little core there. You also re-sign Rodney Hood. Um, And then with the Sixers, um, you now have two years um, of uh, McCollum and Richardson, both on two-year deals, to kind of figure out if this is going to work. And if it doesn't, you can kind of pivot in two years and maybe go in a different direction. Um, I think as far as the way their contracts are structured, it is actually beneficial for both teams. Um, so maybe maybe the Sixers have to throw in a pick or something to, like, make it advantageous enough for the Blazers to, like, want to split that up. Um, I, I, I will – concede that I think McCollum is the better overall player, but I don't think the discrepancy is that big. Um, And I think what Tobias Harris brings to the table for the Blazers, just as far as having a fucking wing player who's actually, like, good um, when they don't have a wing player right now that is good at all, um, you know, well, I mean, they have Bazemore, they have Hood, but they don't have a forward. They don't have a legit forward who's good. Um, Whereas, you know, having Harris, who could play the three, could play the four, um, I would imagine would start at your four. Um, And so your your lineup would be Dame, Bazemore, uh, Rodney Hood, Tobias Harris, and uh, Hassan Whiteside for this season. Um, I think it's beneficial for both teams. Uh, What are your just just brief thoughts on that, and then we'll get into our topic.
1: Um, I like it for Philly because um, obviously uh, it's it's a great upgrade. Um, getting a guy like CJ, I just think if I'm if if I'm the Trailblazers, my mindset is if I'm letting CJ go, I need not one, but I'm gonna need at least either a pick, um, that I could do something with, um, sure. or I need another I need another player that can help. Because to me, my mindset is if CJ and Dame can't really get to the um the championship. I don't think Dame and, and Tobias can.
0: So it's like if I don't well, think my, Tobias is a go ahead. My my thought would be this is that I don't think they can either. I don't think Damon C J can. But mm-hmm. my thought would be maybe Anthony Simons takes that step in the next couple of years and be can become the next C J and then you're looking at well, we've replaced CJ with this kid, and now we've got Tobias Harris, and nobody's like stepping on anybody's toes positionally. Because um, I, I don't know. I think I think this kid could be something special. Um, he's kind of that same case as Mitchell Robinson, where mm-hmm. he he didn't go to school. He just sat out. Um, and if he had gone to school and actually played, he probably would have been a lottery pick. Just like Mitchell Robinson, um, so he's like in that same vein, both those guys just set out and then you know kind of got you know suffered from it in the draft, but we've seen what they've you know we saw what Mitchell Robinson was able to do last year, and even in this year's summer league, you know he wasn't he didn't have the opportunity to do as much last year because he was on a good team, whereas Robinson was obviously on a rebuilding team. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, you know, it's, it's different there, but I mean, I think he could take that step and I just think it gives you more flexibility in that regard, but I do understand where you're coming from. I do think Philly would probably have to include a 2022 pick. And I say 2022, their 2020 pick is outgoing as of now. Um, I think it, it was going to the Clippers. I think now it's going to Brooklyn, I believe. Um, But uh, 2022 is the double draft. Uh, It's when, um, reportedly, when high schoolers will be able to enter the draft again. Um, So there should be a huge influx of talent. Um, So if you're Portland and you can get Tobias Harris locked up on that deal long term and you can get uh, an extra pick in 2022, I think that makes that deal look really nice to you
1: no i mean I, I i don't I don't think it's a bad deal by any stretch. I just think if I'm Portland, my mindset is if I don't think Simons, like you said, maybe he can make that leap um and then maybe Tobias can be uh can play to the all star ability we we know he has um but to me, I kind of just feel like if I don't think heading into this trade, Tobias is a forward moving kind of player. I'm like. Even though the West just got um like incredibly harder, I'm still feeling like I'll just run it back like we got Hassan now. We'll just run it back with, with C J and Dame. Um and we'll just we'll just let this thing run its run its course. Um, because ultimately there is nothing if you're the Trailblazers you could honestly do um that will put this team into championship caliber. So it's like either way, you trade C J, you keep C J. <laughs> You're never winning a championship with that team, right? Um, so then you have to you have to outweigh it. Like, do you think Tobias and Simmons are uh, whatever you said his last name is in that 2022 pick are worth it? Because if they are, that's not a bad trade at all. But if you don't, you're giving up CJ, who helped you in that four overtime win in the playoffs, and then helped you in that yeah. game seven win in the playoffs. So yeah. you got you got to kind of outweigh that.
0: Absolutely. Um, no, I mean I, I I don't I don't take it lightly. I don't necessarily think I don't think the Blazers would do it just because they haven't done it to this point and it seems like they would have done it already if they were going to do it. Um mm-hmm. but I think particularly the way the contracts line up, um and the fact they've just given Dame that super max and the you know, their their other roster uh, roster spots and how their team's constructed right now. I just think there's a lot of reasons why it does make a lot of sense. And like, like you said, like it's, it's like a, a no brainer type deal for Philly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it would be, I think it would be intriguing. I, I, I'm i going to kind of keep, keep my eye out to see if there's any rumors about that later on in the year. Um, and if, if there are, you know, I'll, I'll get to say called it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so let's, let's get into our topics. Our first question. Um, who made the biggest impression on you in summer league?
1: Uh, I'm going with my guy. I'm going with, for steak, I can't pronounce his name and, and it really kills me. Cause I want to say it a lot this year. Um, that kid, yes, that kid showed me, uh, you know, what he reminded me of, he gave me the same feeling I had for Trier. Um, and to where I kind of just felt like kid's just ready. And now for everyone out there thinking I'm being, like, overly dramatic, I don't mean ready as in he's going to be an all-star this year. I just mean I don't think he's going to have to um, go through that development as much as guys like Knox might have to, um, or, or even Mitch to a degree. Um, so, I mean, I just watch him, and he just has that swag about him. That 30-point game and that overtime loss against Phoenix, and I think he had another close to 30-point game. Um, the kid just bold, and he has that swagger. I mean, anyone who comes out and tells you, like, I'm not afraid, I'm ready for New York, it's like, that's the kind of kid I want. Um, I don't want anyone who's going to shy away from being in the big city, uh, you know, like Durant did. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> I really do like this kid, and he is definitely going to be one to, uh, to watch if you are a Knicks fan, even if you're not, because he's going to be a lot of fun to uh, see ball.
0: Yeah, and I, like when y'all drafted him, I I told uh, I told both you and Joel, I was like, dude, I like that pick a lot. Like that's a good pick. I gave the Knicks a B plus in the draft because I mean, I I was like that, that's a fucking good pick. Um, and I believe I don't think y'all had that pick. I think you traded back into the draft to take. i traded. Him, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. Um, no, we which, did because I think we had someone yeah. else, and then we traded them. Um and then that's how we were able to get him. I I'm almost hundred. I think you traded sure a that's, future that's it
0: something. It I I don't know, but you you traded something to move back into the draft. Probably cash in a future second or something or a couple. Um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, like I I liked it. Like I you know, I looked at looked at it and was like, All right, like that's a fucking good move. This kid's good. Like he's a good three point shooter. He's a high energy guy, gives effort. Um, and like where you picked him up, like I mean, I was thinking, I don't remember where I had him ranked on my board, but I mean, I was thinking he could go as high as like the mid twenties. Um, and the fact that he slipped to where he slipped, um, where'd y'all get him? It Was like thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I think thirty six was Charlotte because they got they took um uh. That kid from uh, Nevada, and I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing, Charlotte?" <laughs> but uh, but yeah, somewhere like shortly after that. Um, but yeah, um, I, you know, I I, I like the kid. I liked him when he played at Michigan, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a rotation player, like like Lonzo mm-hmm. Rirer, like and those yeah. are guys that you want on your team. And when you're drafting at like in the late 30s, early 40s, like that's what you're aiming for at that point in, t- in time in the draft. You want a rotation. You want a guy who can hang in your rotation, who can play as your seventh or eighth man. Um, and I think and, that's exactly what you're getting in Iggy Brazdakus.
1: And uh, I was telling Joel what I really liked about his um, his play in the summer league and the acquisition of Morris is that it's going to force Kevin Knox to think or swim. So I, I think we'll, you we'll either see we'll either see what the height of his potential is um, or he'll just completely fail. Um, and then you have a guy like Iggy or you have a guy like Morris that can come in and, uh, and produce for you. So that's, that's another sure. reason why I love him. Because if anyone can force Kevin Knox to have to step up, it's looking over to a guy who's capable of possibly dropping 30 and then Morris, a guy who has definitely dropped 30 before um, quite a few times last year. So, you know, I, I like the idea of sink or swim.
0: Yeah. Nah, I mean, I feel you there. Um, all right, my pick, um, obviously, I've been on record as saying I really love Brandon Clark. He won the Summer League MVP. Um, and, uh, you know, but I've I've talked to him to death. So I want to kind of shy away from him, but I had to give him a mention just because um, – my guy, I I love him. I think he's going to be great. Um, but I'm going to go with Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, out of uh, New Orleans. I actually think he played the best in summer league, even though Clark won the MVP. Um, he is interesting because it like it's he is the definition of combo guard. I really don't know if he's a point guard or a shooting guard. I just – I don't know yet. I don't – like it looks – they were trying to play him at point guard, but that's not that's not unheard of in, in summer league for, you know, teams to try to run guys at point guard um, who aren't really point guards. I mean, you see that a lot in summer league. Um, so I'll be interested to see if he ends up playing that position for them throughout the season and how much of it he does. Um, and I'll just be interested to see – how they work this fucking depth chart. Like, they've got a lot of guards on this fucking team um, in New Orleans. I mean, they signed J.J. Redick. They obviously traded for Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. Um, they have Drew Holiday. So you throw and and Walker into that mix. Um, that's a lot of guards, a lot of minutes to try and figure out. Um, so I'll be interested to see, um, like, maybe how this team looks come trade deadline um, and if they've moved any pieces or what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I like the pick uh, for them at number 17. Um, it, in fact, that is exactly where I had him rated was number 17. I think, uh, you know, I I don't want to have um, too much, uh, you know, recency bias, but I do think maybe I was a little lower on him than I should have been. Um, but nevertheless that's where he was taken um and he did great in summer league man he like he's six foot five um he's actually the, the cousin to Shea Gilgis Alexander um who I loved last season and loved in the draft too and said I thought he'd be the second best point guard in last year's draft and it looks like he probably will be might even be a first um I doubt it I think Trey's gonna be the best um, and of course I'm excluding Luca as as a non traditional um, um ball handler, but he's not really a point guard. Um no. but uh but but yeah, uh yeah, Nikhil Alexander Walker, he 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 definitely looked he was the highlight for them and they really kinda needed it because Zion, you know, only played one game and, and not very many minutes. Um and, and Jackson Hayes had that big dunk but, you know, wasn't read outside of that. Um but this was the kid who really shined for him. I just hope he gets the opportunity and gets enough playing time. Because um, that that that's my biggest concern right now. Um but I really, really do like the pick. Um I think he um I I think uh you know ceiling I would say is all star. Like I don't ever think he'll be like superstar or anything, but I do think his ceiling is like an all star um like a CJ McCollum you know like that's what i envision his ceiling like fringe all star level um but uh i think regardless he's going to be a contributor um on a team for many many years in the league um and i i do look at him and say he is a starting caliber guy um that you know has a lot of versatility Um, And in today's league, like, that's something you want. You want versatility. Um, Combo player used to be, you know, a four-letter word, and now it's, um, you know, kind of what uh, most teams are are trying to target. So, um, but, yeah, I really liked what he did. I was really impressed. Um, All right, let's move on to our next question. Um, Excluding Chris Paul, who do you think will be the next all-star traded? Juwan.
1: Um, this is really tough. We were having this conversation, actually, before the show. Uh, <clears throat> Carl Anthony Towns, if I'm not mistaken, was an all-star. Um, I could be super mistaken. Um, no, he was, but he ain't going to be the next guy
0: traded, dude.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it, to me, I think it's something that should happen. But if we're not going there, a guy I could see traded, Um, and I think you'll definitely 100% disagree with it, Um, actually, you know what? Nope, not that guy. Um, next All-Star traded. This is really difficult because your mind automatically tells you Chris Paul. And then you think everyone else is an All-Star, either just signed their deal um, or is not on the radar right now being
0: traded. So this is really difficult. Goodness gracious. Um, Right. And the question is excluding Chris Paul. Let me give you a, a list of a few names that I was thinking about. Um, okay. obviously Bradley Beal comes to mind, mm-hmm. um, uh, DeMar DeRozan, um, Kevin Love, um, okay. and I, I, I I'm taking, the, I'm taking, I'm taking this question as like all-star caliber, like not necessarily was an all-star last year, but like, you know, all-star caliber player, you know what I mean? Like, um, that's, that's how I read the question, um. But uh, I, I mean, those are a few. You said you got yours now. Who, who, who are you thinking? I'm going to Mar.
1: I'm going to Mar. De Okay. And the reason I'm going to Mar is because it just feels like he's not comfortable there. And albeit we thought that for Aldridge, um, and then him and Pop had a conversation, and Aldridge sure. just gradually worked himself into the um, into being more comfortable uh, in his right. role there. But I just kind of think with Demar, he's one of those guys that it just he has to not feel comfortable on, you know, minutes or or points or, you know, where they're getting him the ball. It's just he wants to just feel comfortable. Um, And to him, Toronto meant more than just being home. His best friend played with him.
0: Um, Right, yeah. I think it's
1: just a matter of he just does not feel ultimately comfortable. And it's a shame because I think DeMar is a really good player, but he might be one of those guys that ends up before his career is over playing on two or three different teams, uh, before yeah. it's all said and done. Um, so I could see him being traded to a team that he obviously makes clear he does not want to be, and then that team maybe yeah. tries to find a, a spot to, to get him. Ultimately, I think DeMar DeRozan will uh, retire a Toronto Raptor um, well before he's, he's out of his, his prime. Um, but that is who I'm going with. As much as I want to say Kevin loves to, uh, to either Miami or the Trailblazers, um, I'm going with DeMar DeRozan.
0: Well, it's interesting. DeMar DeRozan has a player option next season. So he can opt out. He's, like, at most has two years left on his deal, maybe only one. Um, like, I don't know if I'm the Spurs. I, I might call up Toronto now and be like, yo, like, we want, I don't know, like, give us something. <laughs> I don't know, give us Give Give us Mark Gasol and, like, you know, fucking a first-round pick, you know, just something, like, and and take your guy back, you know, like. um, I don't want him. him You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I, I mean, he hasn't really worked. Uh, I mean, he wasn't bad last year. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't good for the team. Um, Right. And – I look at the Spurs and I'm just like looking at their roster. They got all the great young players that I just, I'm just like, dude, get that, get those guys minutes. Like, I mean, you got, you got Murray coming back. Derek White showed out last year, especially in the playoffs against Denver early in the uh, the Denver series. He looked really good. Um, uh, you you have Lonnie Walker um, who obviously got hurt at the beginning of last season, but he looked really good in this year's summer league. Um, he was arguably, uh, I was, I was almost kind of had a coin flip between he and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Like they both look really good uh, as far as summer league players. Um, and then you you drafted two guys that I want to see get some playing time in um, Keldon Johnson and um, oh shit that uh, that Euro guy I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'll think of it. Um, but uh but yeah i mean you you've got so many like good young players jaka is another one um like i want to see those guys get more minutes i kind of want to see them trade like i don't know what they get for either one but i kind of just want to see them trade like both uh him and lamarcus Aldridge and just be like <laughs> like let's fucking let's let's embrace this youth movement and like not tank like still try to fucking win like um but like you know kind of like if you if like just the don't 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 over obsess with well we're the Spurs we have to make the playoffs cuz that's what we do you know what i mean like just right. just fucking well, just like recognize that you're not winning a championship with these guys and be like, we have all these really good young pieces. Let's fucking trade these guys, get whatever we can back for them, and fucking embrace this young, this really good young team. And, like, we got pop for maybe two more years. Let's let him set the culture, set the pace for this young team, Um, and then, you know, hand the the keys over to, like, Becky Hammond or or whoever is going to take over when he leaves. I imagine it'll be an in-house hire, but.
1: I, I would say um, I love that idea. By the way, and the main reason I love it is because I would love for Lamarck's soldiers to go back home. Um, seemingly, go to Portland. I
0: never thought he should... say it again. Go to Portland.
1: Yeah, because I think he should yeah, have never left. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I think he should have never left, and I think I think that's a piece that would truly make people go. That scene could be really, really, really good. Like. Forget the idea of just Dame. What would Portland
0: have to give up?
1: Uh, Well, obviously, you would tell the Spurs, you're not getting CJ. So, like, as long as you understand that. um, Right. (laughs) Whoever else you want. Um, You're not getting Dame. You're not getting CJ. So, whatever else you want. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe like, um, I don't know. See, I want to say Nurkic, but because he's hurt, I don't think the Spurs would necessarily want him. Like, if he wasn't hurt, he'd be a great – like Spurs player. He's fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he, he is hurt. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Kent Bazemore to make the salaries work. I don't even know off the top of my head what Aldridge makes. I would I would imagine like somewhere between 25 and 28 million. Um, but I mean, Bazemore gets you to like 19.2. Um, so like that. And then I don't know, maybe, um, Zach Collins. Uh, mm-hmm. if, 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 Portland would be willing to part with him. I don't think they would be, honestly. Though I don't know. It'd be they tough should. to salaries, but I do like where your head's at. I do think he'd be. I think he'd be an interesting fit. Um, in the fact that he can play both the four and the five would be intriguing right. for them. I would also say, like, and, would then, also and that's say... the thing. That's the reason why you could give up Zach Collins is because you'd be getting a guy who can essentially plays the same position as Collins is just better right now.
1: Right. I would also say um, I could see, and, again, you know, I don't, I, I don't know anything about the, the numbers off the top of my head, um,
0: but mm-hmm. I could see if
1: Toronto's not interested. It'd be a weird fit, but I could see Miami being interested in either one of those players, and for very good reason. Especially Aldridge. Um, right, especially him. And I would then look at it and go, Aldridge, Kevin Love, I think I'd much rather go Aldridge in that situation. Um, and I think Aldridge Close. would be a really good fit for Jimmy. I don't know how I, – I don't I think, think it's, Aldridge don't is think a couple years tall. older
0: than Kevin Love. That very, would be my only true. concern. But yeah, I don't no, know that, that though. He might point. not be. I mean, he might not be for all – I mean, I just feel like he's 32-ish, whereas Kevin Love's like 30. I think he's just – I think he's probably just a couple years younger. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, maybe the asking price for one is, is not as much. So, you know, you got your options there. Um, but, yeah, right. I, I mean, I, I would like to see both those guys moved. Um As far as who I think is going to be the next, like, shoe to drop outside of Chris Ball, which is how the question was framed, um, I I want to say um, Bradley Beal, but I just I don't – I don't think the Wizards are in any rush to trade him. Um, did you just hear... Especially since... You hear...
1: Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. You go ahead. What did I hear? No,
1: I was just going to say, did you hear that apparently it seems like they're trying to uh, give him three more years?
0: Oh, yeah. that's That's been in the works for, like, three weeks now. Um, mm. They, uh, it, but, like, it's coming... Uh, We're fastly approaching the date uh, when when which they can officially make that offer. So it'll be interesting to see if he accepts or declines it. If I'm Bradley Beal, ain't no way I'm accepting that for two fucking reasons. One, I'm not locking myself up in Washington when I only have two years left on my deal. And two, how fucking close was Bradley Beal to making a fucking all-NBA team? If I'm signing a fucking long-term extension – with the motherfucking wizards who have John Wall like fucking with broken ass Achilles John Wall on the team, taking out forty million dollars in cap space for a year, you best believe I'm trying to get that supermax deal. Like I ain't no, <laughs> I ain't taking no regular fucking max. Fuck that shit. Um so yeah, like I would not if I was his agent, I'd be like, Do not fucking sign this deal. This is no, don't do it. Um so I don't know. I the thing is though, Bradley Beal, from everything I've read and everything I've heard, he really loves it in Washington. He really likes, likes everything about it, other than the losing, you know. And <laughs> right. you know, I, I yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, man. And he might sign the extension. Um, but regardless, I think. I think they should have been looking to fucking shop him this off season. I mean, as much fucking picks were thrown around this off season, I think they could have gotten a hell of a haul for him. Um, like, could you imagine if like they had gotten in on that Paul George trade and just been like, um, "Yeah, we'll 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 take one less pick." Like, all right. <laughs> like, I'd rather have Bradley Beal than fucking Paul George. Anyway, he's younger. He's not as injury prone. Um, I think Paul George is better. Don't get me wrong, um, but also he's a more seamless fit with Kawhi because um, really Kawhi and Paul George are both like small forwards. Um, and I know we're in position with basketball and all that, but like Paul George has in the in the past complained, I I'm not a power forward. I don't want to play power forward. Um, well, like, now you're going to have to because Gawaii ain't playing no power forward. He's best player on the team. He gets fuck pick where he yeah. wants to play. Um, but, like, it, you know, if you're Bradley Beal, you are a shooting guard, so it's just a more seamless fit, you know? Um, but yeah. nevertheless, uh, I, you know, I I think they should have already fucking put him on the block. I don't think they're in any rush to do so. Um, as far as who I think I also think it will be DeRozan, honestly. And I hate to like pick the same thing you picked. Um but that's just my initial thought. I I feel like there's gonna be some team and like maybe it doesn't happen this off season. Maybe it happens sometime like during the season. But there's gonna be some team you know who I've got in, in mind who I think would trade for him? Um oh. the Pistons. Because Ooh. the Pistons have Blake Griffin they have head coach Dwayne Casey, who coached him in Toronto. Um, they had a very good relationship. Um, and they have enough, like, expiring contracts, and they have all of their future first-round picks. Um, they acquired a bunch of second-round picks um, in that uh, – and the, the they acquired the number 30 pick for taking on Tony Snell, and then they traded that to Cleveland. Um they got like four future seconds um so it has got a bunch of assets in that regard too um I think they have the assets to make it work um they have i think twenty six million dollars in expiring salary with um Reggie Jackson and um Lincoln galloway um so i mean they 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 have moves that they can make. They just signed Derrick Rose, so, like, I know he's a health concern, and it's not great to rely on him to play for the majority of the season, but, like, you're not going to say, like, well, we can't afford to trade Reggie Jackson because, you know, that means Derrick Rose is going to have to be our starting point guard. Like, fuck, no, we'll just make Derrick Rose the starting point guard. We'll figure shit out later on, you know. Amen to that. Um, don't,
1: don't start another season with Reggie as your starter.
0: Please. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they just drafted Seku Dumboya. I could totally see the Spurs being like, yeah, we like that guy. Like, he's a fucking, he's a, you know, he's a, a Euroleague guy um, who's like uber athletic who we can like put into our system and like teach him how to play basketball. Um, the guy, yeah. I think they would totally love to have that guy. Um, but yeah, and I just think that'd be a really good fit. Like, if you could put DeRozan, you know, um, and have him be kind of the the second option to Blake Griffin. And the way that Blake Griffin is kind of your point forward now, um, again, limits your necessity to have, like, an actual point guard. Um, like, you could really just put, you know, um, Luke Kennard could just be your point guard and basically just be a guy who hits open threes. But you're just letting Blake Griffin handle the ball. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I can talk myself into that working um and especially like if to me if you're Detroit right now, like you're living and dying by Blake Griffin staying healthy for you know, being able to play like 75 games out of 82. Um otherwise you might not make the playoffs. Like That's a team that, like, wants to sell tickets, wants to make the playoffs. I could totally see them trading for DeRozan. That's kind of where I'm leaning right now. I love that.
1: Excuse me. I love that trade. Um, Again, to me, DeMar DeRozan is a very tricky guy to assume for. Um, But if he's looking for fit, like, somewhere that that he's comfortable, um, it should be going back and playing with Dwayne Casey. Um, right. but I mean, I would, I would love to see Aldridge go back to Portland. I would love to see DeMar go back to Toronto, even though I do think Toronto should try to get Wiggins. Um, I, I, I love it for both of them. I love both of them going back home because, uh, well, I won't say in Toronto since DeMar should have never left because you wouldn't have a championship, but um, it is just one of those things where it's like he should go back, um, go back home, you know, play out his career with Kyle Lowry, um, and they see what they can do. It's a way better roster he'd be coming back to than he left. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, like, depends on yeah. what they
0: would be trading for him.
1: Oh, that is very true. That is very true. But I will say, if you're the Spurs, and
0: uh, even if, let's say, you
1: do trade him to, to Detroit, if you're Detroit, you have to know it won't take much for Toronto to convince uh, DeMar DeRozan in two years to just come back home. Um, so right, whoever but it like,
0: get him. What? But like, if you're Detroit, what I would be thinking is, all right, we have Blake Griffin, we have Andre Drummond, we trade for Demar Derozan, we have Dwayne Casey, Kyle Lowry's a free agent next year. Why can't we go get Kyle Lowry? Yeah, I see
1: exactly where you're going. Yeah, very well could do that. I mean, I I think it's something that's not talked about much, mainly because I don't think anyone thinks he'll he'll end up ever. Uh, getting a chance to go back there. But I I don't think um, DeMar DeRozan will uh, have that reconnection with the uh, organization of Toronto the same way LeBron did. Um, I think it hurt him a lot deeper than than the whole LeBron situation with Cleveland. So I'm not sure he'd even want to go back. So maybe, yes, to him the perfect situation is Dwayne Casey here, go get Kyle Lowry. I don't mind retiring in
0: Detroit. Yeah, I mean, and if you get to play with Blake, and I don't know, Drummond's way overpaid, but, I mean, he's still really good, and he's still really young. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good fucking roster, man. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested to see what that team could do. So, I don't know. I, I, I Like I said, I think they have the pieces. I think they have the necessary pieces in order to pull off that kind of deal. It's just going to be whether the Spurs are actually willing to make a trade. Like they never trade players. The only time they did was when they had to, and they did the Kawhi trade. Um, but they just so rarely. Um, Prior to last trade that they made before the Kawhi trade was the first Kawhi trade where <laughs> they traded up in the draft to get Kawhi. Um, I'm I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure they made a trade since then, but they they very rarely <laughs> do. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean I I would love that. I think it would be great. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, higher. Oh, real quick, before we do, I got another little quick aside that I wanted to mention uh, uh, pertaining to Chris Paul. Um, I had this thought earlier, another just random thought. Uh, if, the, if the Thunder aren't able to trade him by the deadline, like if I'm Chris Paul and I'm the Thunder, like you got to sit down and be like, all right, Chris Paul, just decline your player option and we'll cut you. So You'll get paid your full salary for the rest of this season. You'll get paid your full salary for next season when you're not even on our team. You won't get that third year, which is like $44 million, but you'll have next season and the following season to make that up however you think you can. So If you can get a a $22 million a year deal for the next two years, that would make it up. Plus, you'll get the sign on with a you know a contender or whatever um post trade deadline uh and you know whoever that might be probably the Lakers honestly I I I would not predict it to happen, but I actually think he would fit best with the Clippers, ironically enough. Um because they really don't <laughs> they will it is but they don't have a fucking facilitator. They've got everything right. but a facilitator. Um, and that's what Chris Paul is. Like the Lakers is probably where you would end up, but like the, probably not the best fit because they have LeBron who's already a facilitator. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, I think they should do that. I think if you're, um, if you're OKC and essentially what you would be getting out of this, you would get out of the third year of Chris Paul. So you'd have to pay him this two this year and next year. Full, full amount, um, but you you I think you justify it like this: we essentially got two first round picks um, by trading for him, and got out of the last two years of Russell Westbrook's contract at the same time. Um, like I can justify that from OKC's standpoint, and like from Chris Paul, maybe you don't make up that full forty four million dollars in the next the end of this season and then the next two seasons, but at least you get to go out and you get to fucking, like, pick the team you want to join and try to go win a fucking championship in the twilight of your career. Um, And you're not going to be leaving that much money on the table. Like, make no mistake, if you, no matter who you join this year, you try to pick whoever you think gives you the best chance to win a fucking title. Go pick that team, whatever. Um, But then, like, Next season, like, Miami is going to make you an offer. Like, they're going to. Like, um, there will be a team that's a fringe contender who will make you an offer. And maybe you take that for the money, or maybe you take less to actually contend. That's your call. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've, like, talked myself into this, making a lot of sense to me, and I think a lot of it has to do with all of the legacy talk that's been surrounding Chris Paul's name the last, you know, week or two. Um, he's been catching a lot of shit. Um, undeserved, I think, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of it. Um, but, you know, uh, other than, you know, the fact that he's an asshole. Like, that's fine. He's right. an asshole. Like, we, but, like, as far as a player, like, he's a fucking easy first ballot Hall of Famer like top 10 point guard of all time like no question Um, but like uh, yeah I mean I don't know like if you think if Chris Paul wins a championship that that's the kind of thing that vaults him up into that upper echelon then we're talking about Chris Paul as a top 5 top 3 point guard of all time which some people already do um, but I don't just because I mean, ultimately, I think you know the playoffs are what matter most, and not that he's like he's had he's had a few like very uh, um, very obvious moments within the playoffs where he struggled, but for the most part, he's been really good in the playoffs, he, like too. Um, but nevertheless, I, like. It don't it don't mean a thing if you ain't got that ring. Like that's that's just the way that's the way it works, man. I didn't make the rules; yep. somebody else did. We just all follow them. Um,
1: yep. But
0: uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this? If you're Chris Paul, do you give up that forty-four million dollar third-year player option with the notion that you would have two years to sign with another team to either choose to make up that money um, or that you could just say, fuck it, I'm just going to try to compete for a championship at the end of my career. Um, or are you like, fuck that, I ain't giving up $44 million. Like, I mean, I could justify it either way. Um, I just think at this point in time, like, I'd probably just give up that $44 mil and fucking, like, and know that I could get it back. Know that I there would be a team out there that would sign me to a two-year Forty-four million dollar deal, twenty-two million dollars a year for Chris Paul. Like, there's a team out there that would fucking make that deal. Um, it, it may not be the team you want to play for, but again, you don't have that option at that point. Um, which is my point. What do you think?
1: I think you should give it up. I mean, at this point, to me, legacy means everything. That's that's what you're playing for at this point. Um, you've done everything you needed to do to get your contract. Uh, to get your conversation, to get your name in the conversation, so what gets you through the right. door and the seat on the couch, um, is for you to win a championship. I mean, it, it, it's as yep. simple as that. I mean, because if LeBron does not win in Miami and then doesn't win it in um, Cleveland, yeah, we're talking about he's a top ten uh, player of all time, but no one's putting him in that top five. Why? Cause he does not have the ring. So to me, it's, it's all about that that legacy. So give it up and. Nick, what I think a lot of people forget is that he's also um, on the players' union. I-, I believe the president of the players' union or something like that. So he gets paid for that, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not like that's not uh, you know minimum wage. He also has these state farm commercials. I'm pretty sure aren't minimum wage. So it's not like <laughs> Chris Paul's Demar Derozan. Like Demar Derozan shouldn't give up 44 million. I don't know what he does outside of basketball. Um, but Chris Paul, who obviously has his hands in so many things, give up the $44 million, man. Go play for a contender. I don't think it'll be yeah. the Lakers, because I think you're going to have a tough time selling Rondo on the idea of, hey, you know the guy you spit in the face no, of? No, no, well, no. Well, uh, he's, he's joining. No, no, no.
0: Uh, you would, you would, you would cut Rondo thing. to sign Chris Paul. Oh, Absolutely, 100%. no right. doubt.
1: right, right. Yeah. Um, I would love to see him in my Unless head you're, head I would love to love, see him unless you're,
0: Wait, what's that guy's name on ESPN? Ryan Hollins? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. I hate that guy with the back. Who tried to say Rondo um, is better than Chris Paul? Like, oh, Jesus. Rondo that guy's the worst fucking... Paul. That dude's trying to get um, Bayless his way into fucking limelight, and it's just backfiring like hell right now. Like, like everybody's it's, talking it's crazy. shit about
1: that guy. Cause it's like it, it's crazy hearing someone who's played the game sound like they don't know the game, and that's what Holland right. is doing on an everyday basis. Um, right, no, and like
0: Skip football. has a oh, Skip sorry. has a very he has a very like unique way of making the ridiculous sound plausible. Like that's right. not a that's not a skill that's that that is a skill. Like and and Hollins does not have that. Like he just sounds like an idiot. And like like yeah. skipped us too. But like he's got a way of making it work. It's it's really hard to qualify. But um but yeah that that dude doesn't have it. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead.
1: Um no, I mean CB3. Chris Paul going back to the Clippers. Excuse me would be amazing. I think it'd be really it'd be great. Really, really good.
0: Um, I, I, I don't think, think would, on I think weapon. Doc would welcome him with open arms. Honestly, like I think he would yeah. look at. I think he'd look at that lineup and be like, "Look, our only point guard on this team right now is Patrick Beverly, and he's arguably a point guard. He's not even really a point guard. Um, what? Like he's an off-ball point guard. We literally don't have a facilitator on this team right now. Like our best facilitator is probably Lou Williams, who is a shoot first player. <laughs> um, and like our second best is what, Paul George? Who again is a shoot first player and then right. then third is Kawhi. Like none of these guys are I facilitators say... even close to facilitators. Um I, so, would I mean say I think the, if the... you if you if you could sit Chris Paul down and be like, yo dude, leave your fucking attitude at at the door. You're signing a minimum deal for the rest of this season. You bring any of that shit we're going to fucking cut you, like, you just let him know what the deal is, you know? Um, and as long as he's fucking cool with that, like, yeah, I'd bring him in.
1: I think what's, what's funny is, picture if he does sign with the Lakers, and the Lakers do release Rondo, right? I'd love for Rondo to go back with Doc Rivers. Um, oh, and I think Doc be can, so dope. I think that would be great. You having, you having two tough point guards like Rondo and Pat Bev, um, who could be very irritating, I think would do great things for uh, for that Clippers team. Um, so I would love to see that happen. So I'd love to see CP3 go to the Lakers purely for them to release right. Rondo and Rondo to go to the Clippers. Because uh, I think it would just be the best thing for both L.A. teams. To get Rondo, to get Chris Paul, both teams should be happy. Both have great facilitators. That's what I would yeah. love to see happen in a perfect world.
0: Well, I don't know how great of a facilitator Rondo is anymore. I mean, if there is one thing he's still great at, that would be it. So, um, But, but yeah, nevertheless, it would be great just to have Rondo reunited with Doc, and it would be great to have, like, to add fuel to that fire of the the L.A. rivalry. Like, you put fucking those two guys who hate each other on the opposite ends. Like, oh, yeah. Like if I was the Clippers, I'd be if I was Doc Rivers and that happened, like they they cut Rondo to sign CP3, I'd walk into Lawrence Frank's office the very next day and put Jerry West on a conference call and be like, "Yo, yeah, dude, let's go get Rondo. I mean, he don't even have to play. I just want to get him on the team just to piss off the Lakers. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, no, I think I think that would be fucking great. I I love that idea, um. But yeah, uh, so regardless, it'll be really intriguing to see what, if anything, happens with Chris Paul on the trade market. But yeah, and if nothing happens, equally as interesting to see what might happen if they buy him out. I think he's going to have to leave a lot of money on the table for them to do so, i.e. that $44 million. But if he does do that, um, I could totally see them coming to uh, a resolution there. Um, But anyway, let's move on. Um, Higher probability of missing the playoffs. I love this question. Warriors or Raptors? Who has the higher probability of missing the playoffs?
1: All right, here's here's why this question is is uh really difficult. You look at Toronto and you go, it's not a bad it's not a bad team whatsoever. Uh, obviously, it looks like they have a really good coach. Uh, we'll definitely find out this year, um, but it looks like they have a really good coach. They have a really good set of players, and they're in the East. So the East you could say is four to five deep. So after that, it's like, well, there's three spots <laughs> left. So could they make it? Absolutely. You look at Golden State, if they could stay around that 9-10 spot and Clay can come back 100%, they could easily make that, that, uh, that run for the 7th or 8th seed. So then it becomes like, all right, what team do you trust to make that, that push more? And then you would ultimately right. say, obviously Golden State, right? But right. it's not that simple because I think no. the West, now that it's so wide open, is extremely more talented Um, than it was last year. Yeah. So it it then goes, it's easier for the Raptors to make the playoffs. Right, even
0: though they're the less talented team.
1: Exactly. So then I think if the question is being posed to me the way that you posed it to me, I would say the Warriors have the better chance of not making the playoffs, even though I did tell you they are my pick to make the playoffs and they will remain such. Um, it's just, it's easier for them to miss it because of how loaded or how much more loaded the West has become. And it's just an easier path for the Raptors to make either six, seven or eight seed. Um, so I'm going to go with golden state just for the, uh, you know, for this topic, I'm going to say golden state has a better chance of not making the playoffs.
0: I totally agree with you. Um, and it, it, And it in lies, exactly what you said, the East is easier, man. Um, Here's the thing, like, I I don't, I'm wavering on this. I think people are just, there's, I've heard like maybe one person actually challenge whether the Warriors will even make the playoffs. Like everybody's just, at least most people that I've heard have just like assumed they'll make it. They're not like legit contenders, but they'll make the playoffs. And I'm like, when's the last time Steph Curry played a full fucking season, bro? He hasn't played a full season in like three years, two years, two or three years. Um, And you know Clay's going to be out to start the season. Uh, Draymond has not – I mean, granted, it's a contract year, but he has not looked like himself. They have to integrate D'Angelo Russell. Um, They got a bunch of fringe – NBA players filling out the rest of their roster um, I don't know man I, I'm I'm borderline saying like on the fence as to thinking they're even going to make the playoffs much less like um, like who do I think has the better chance um, now all that being said I do think fully healthy obviously the Warriors are way better than the fucking uh, than the Raptors but that's Obviously, right. not the question um, you know i I think this timetable with clay, I think they're being very optimistic on it right now, but it could take longer than expected. um There's just so many variables that they have to figure out um, like I think o k c deciding to trade Paul George and Russell Westbrook was a huge blessing for Golden State, like. Not only did like OKC just keeps giving to Golden State, they fucking <laughs> chose uh, to to let the fucking Warriors get by them. Uh, then they just like fucking let fucking Kevin Durant join them, uh, and now they just broke up their team when you know the Warriors were a fringe playoff team, taking one more team out of the mix. Right, um, yeah. like. If they were in it, I would be very definitive in saying that the Warriors wouldn't make the playoffs. But, like, as it stands, where I think you draw the line is, am I betting on the Warriors or the Kings? I like the Kings. I like the Kings a lot. I don't know if I'm going to bet on the Kings, though. Um, But if you're asking me... In in the context of this question, am I betting on the Kings, or I don't know, am I betting on the Bulls, or I don't know the <laughs> Magic? I'm gonna bet on the right. Kings before I bet on one of those teams. So like, you know, you know, it's funny. What? What's
1: funny is you're saying the Kings. In my mind, I I'm saying this is just my opinion. I'm saying I think Golden State is in competition for that either 7th or 8th seed. Let's go 8th seed for the purposes uh, uh, the of purposes conversation. I really do think Mavericks are going to make a large leap. I also nah, think You've been saying that. I, I, know, I, I, know, like I, know, I know I have been. I know I have been. I'm also going Pelicans um, also because I think they have a chance to um, improve their roster a little bit more with the possibility of using uh, Holiday as a trade asset um, to kind yep. of shore up a few things maybe that they lack. Um, so I sure. really, really like them. Uh, and I'm not even putting pressure on Zion. I just think they have a team that could make the playoffs. Even yeah, if he isn't I mean, they picked up Derek
0: Favors. They picked up J.J. Redick. Um, right. Obviously getting Lonzo and Ingram, like those could be things that end up working out. Um, they made mm-hmm. a lot of moves this offseason. So, like, regardless yeah. of any of their draft picks, like, they're going to be good. They should be decent regardless. Um, mm-hmm. I have them as one of two – fringe teams, I, or I guess three, if you include the Warriors. Like, the Warriors, I and I have the Spurs. I think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs. So, like, again, like I said last year, until they prove me wrong, I'm not not picking against them. Um, but, like, so that would leave uh, three teams for that eighth spot. I'd say Warriors, Kings, and Pelicans. I don't have the Mavericks in there. I I don't trust the Mavericks. Man, I just don't like the way the roster's constructed. I, like Luca is not a point guard. He is a point forward. He is Hidu Turgaloo times 10. Like he's just a much better version of Hidu Turgaloo when he played for the Magic. Like that's the position he should be playing. You should be playing fucking Chris Paul's at the 5. Um mm-hmm. and you should have you like you should have gone really heavy after Boyan Bogdanovic instead of like all these instead of you know um Boban Mark uh, uh, what, whatever the fuck his last name is, Marjanovic or whatever, I fucking forget. Um, but instead of like, like that contract, and um, I, I did like that Delon Wright pickup just because of his defense. Uh, at the at the one position, um, it is his lack of shooting is concerning, but you know it's it's whatever. Um, Seth Curry's fine. It's, it's not a terrible contract, but four years seems a little steep don't think you needed to give him four years um but like every other contract like i like maxi kleber and that didn't really eat into their cap space because they had such a low cap hold on him so that's fine but like the dwight powell signing i was like what why are you fucking giving dwight powell all that money no one's giving dwight Powell that kind of money. <laughs> um that made no sense um and like what, what's I, I don't the know, man i just I just don't like – I don't like the way their roster is constructed around Luca and Kristaps, who – I think Luca's phenomenal. I think if Kristaps comes back and he is 80% of what he was before he got hurt this year I, – I mean, you want him to be more than that going forward. But if he's 80% of what he was before he got hurt this year, um, you know, in his first year back, um, like, that's a really good one-two punch. I just don't like everything – that they've put around them?
1: I I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I think where my focus is, uh, is that we've seen having uh, all-stars. I I won't say superstars. I'll just say having all-star caliber uh, talent. Uh, I think Luka sure. will be an all-star, and we know KT was an all-star before he got mm-hmm.
0: in. Um, he'll be all-star no, KT... caliber. I don't know if he'll... Be an all star. The West is stacked.
1: Luke. Oh no no no! I don't necessarily mean this upcoming year. I just mean like
0: before it's Oh a, yeah, guy, in general. general. Yeah yeah yeah. In general, general, in
1: general. Um. So I look at those two and I go, if you can get a hundred percent from just those two guys, it should be enough to to um you know to, to drag that team to an eight Um. And, and I think. Again, Joel tells me I'm not allowed to cheer for Chris Stops. Um, But I think <laughs> Luca and Kristaps will work very well off of each other. Um, and with Dirt being there to kind of help Chris Stops, um excuse me, I, I think those two can, can rival what the Kings have. I, I'm with you, and I think the Kings are a really good team. And honestly, if, if you hold my feet to the fire, I think they obviously have a better constructed team, Uh, than the Mavericks. Yeah, much better. But I just think having a one-two punch like Kristaps and and Luca, those two are better than anyone I think the Kings have on their roster. So if you can get the best out of them
0: this year, I think that could be enough to lead you to that eighth seed. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But to me, that's like the same argument as saying like, you know, the one-two of LeBron and eighty is better than the one-two of Kawhi and Paul George, and that gives them a big edge. But it doesn't because the rest of the Clippers team is so much better than the rest of the Lakers team. So, like that, there lies my counter to that. Um, it's not the exact same because I think Kawhi is better than uh, Anthony Davis, but um, but nevertheless, like it, you know, I mean, it's still it's it's, it's you. you you see where I'm coming from here. Um
1: No, I, I yeah, see, I see I don't where you're know. coming from. I think I think the one edge is that um you look at it and you kinda go, All right, who on that Kings team was okay last year? Like, you know, made a good made a good
0: leap. But who on that team can we see make Jaren Fox, Buddy Heald, Bogdan, okay. Bogdanovich, all three of those so, guys made big leaps last year. And Bagley got so better you, at the end of the season.
1: So let me ask you this: those three guys, do yeah. you think those three guys will make a bigger leap this year than Luca and KP?
0: I don't. I don't know how much more of a leap Buddy Heal can make because Buddy Heel mm-hmm. shot the ball crazy good last year. Like he shot like forty-three yeah, percent from three, and it's like I don't know if you can do better than that. <laughs> like I feel like if anything. <laughs> regression is more likely than progression. Right. Um, I think but I do think I, I I do think Fox can get better. Um uh I think um I think they can integrate Harrison Barnes better. He didn't have really a lot of time with them. I still man I still wish they had fucking traded for Otto Porter Jr. instead of Harrison Barnes, but that's a whole another discussion. Um but um but you know, I I think that could happen, and they added some pieces. I think adding Dwayne Dedman is he's overpaid, but it's still a sneaky, really good move because he can stretch the floor and play defense, and he basically makes it where you don't need Marvin Bagley to either play undersized five when he doesn't have defensive um, uh, aptitude, I guess, to play it yet, Um, and, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, doesn't have the ability to stretch the floor how you would want a four to play anymore. So now you got Dwayne Deadman who can both stretch the floor and defensively play the five. That helps out him immensely. Um, and you got like a much better backup point guard um, instead of picking between Yogi Farrell or Frank Jackson. Now you got Corey Joseph, who's just really solid. Um, they brought in Trevor Reza. Um, I'm not sure, like, I think he's pretty washed. But like, I mean, he still can give you some quality, like veteran leadership and all that. Um, so
1: I, I'll yeah, say, I don't know.
0: I just, the, I, the I, last thing. I, I, I would let me just say this real quick. I, I will agree with you if if you're asking me strictly what your question was, which I I kind of was trying to dodge. <laughs> um, but <laughs> to answer your question. I think who could make the leap? Luca could obviously take a huge leap um, and be – like, could be like what we saw for the first, like, six weeks of the season throughout the whole season because um, he tailed off big time at the end of the year. Like, he, he just got, like, fatigued, and I think the roster change too. Um, kind of threw him off, like, midway through the season. Um, and just a lot of different like little things as far as transitioning from Euro basketball to NBA, um, and obviously like Kristaps. Um, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be better than he was when he got hurt. But if he's close to as good or as good um, before he got hurt, like yeah, I mean that's that's a better one-two punch. I'll give you that. And
1: the last thing that that it comes down to for me is, and maybe it's not 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 fair. So I, I I'll stress that but it comes down to um coaching comes down to Rick Carlisle versus Luke Walton I think we both agree Luke Walton is a good head coach um and I think we both can agree that the rosters aren't like if you like the Kings roster more than the Mavericks I don't think it's that large of a difference um so then it just comes down to who can coach their group of players better um and I lean towards the guy with (laughs) <laughs> who won a rain coaching. Um, right. so that's where I lean. But I have no disrespect for, for Luke Walton whatsoever. I do think he's yeah. going to have this Kings team at least the one we look at in a few years. Like, man, this guy got the Kings from nothing to something. Um, but yeah. I just don't know if I'm saying
0: it's this year. Yeah, no. I mean, I would agree there. I mean, obviously I think Carlisle's got the experience factor and he's just I mean, he's a better coach as of right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we both like Luke. Um, that is – I do think that's another important thing because, you know, I'm sitting here talking about the roster changeover and how, you know, maybe the, the Kings have some continuity and added some fringe pieces, whereas, you know, this, this roster with Dallas is going to be so different and up in the air and there's all these new pieces and Kristoff's coming back and how to work him in and – like, where does Luca play on the offensive side and then on the defensive side and all of this? Um, but I do think there's something to be said for coaching continuity. Um, and, you know, obviously the Kings having to adjust to Luke Walton um, uh, since uh, the firing of, uh, was it, Davey Hager. Um, that, that, that's going to be something to adjust to. So, I mean, that could absolutely affect them, especially early on in the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I still think Kings are going to have a better record than the Mavs. I still think um, – I, I, let me say this. I still think I, – I, I see a possibility where the Mavs have a better record than the Kings. I don't, however, see – a possibility where the Mavs make the playoffs, whereas I do see a possibility where the Kings make the playoffs. So, that would be the difference. Like, I I look at their ceilings and just think the Kings ceiling is higher. And I think the Kings ceiling is playoffs. I don't think the Mavs are going to be there yet. I think they need one more year. Um, And by the way, Joel is absolutely right. You should not be rooting for the Mavs because your Knicks own their their first-round picks um uh, in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three you should be rooting heavy against the Mavs so your team gets better picks, bro. Come on. Fair
1: enough. But I can't lie, you know how much <laughs> I like Luca. And I I'm, even
0: though he demanded yeah, you, his the way you out took over, you took over the, the Luca uh fan bandwagon, uh once my <laughs> my team traded him. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm not gonna support this guy anymore, especially <laughs> after this this season when everybody's just like, Luca's no doubt MVP or fucking uh, rookie of the year, and I'm like, fuck you. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, you're 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 the driver of that bus now for sure.
1: I appreciate that, and and for tops I support him uh, mainly because we drafted him. I I remember draft night. I remember crying because I'm like, who is this guy? Why would Phil pick him? (laughs) And then that season, he was phenomenal. From that point, he was. And I can't throw away two or three years of how I felt for Kristaps just because he didn't want to be here. It was, in his time of being here, a very poorly run organization. So I can't fault that. Um, So
0: that's why I can't. Guys, that's a very mature way to look at that situation. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel you. Um, I totally feel you. Um, but, yeah, so long story short, uh, the Raptors – or, excuse me, the Warriors have better odds at not making the playoffs than the Raptors. Um, yeah. And we somehow got off on another tangent, which is what we do here, <laughs> um, especially when it's been- a <laughs> um, All right, let's move on. All right, what is your favorite potential Christmas Day matchup?
1: Oh, 100%. Lakers-Clippers. I mean, I, I think yeah, that that's, obviously Yeah, that's the obvious choice, be,
0: isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, it's the most obvious choice of what would have to be uh, the most blockbuster game to watch on Christmas Day.
0: But Absolutely. if I'm going
1: outside of the obvious.
0: Yeah, let's, um, let's pick I, a, a couple that are outside of that.
1: Okay, if I'm going outside the obvious, I'm going Houston-Golden State. I'm going... No! Uh, in the, no. No? No? All right. Well, all right. Go ahead, but I'll tell you why (laughs) I disagree. Okay. The reason why I want to see it is I want to see um, Curry and D'Angelo in as many Mm -hmm. uh, big games as possible, just to kind of feel out that chemistry, um, kind of see how well they work off of each other. Um, Because I think a lot of people aren't really uh, mentioning when it comes to Steph. Like, a lot of people are saying he's going to have an MVP year this year. I think what a lot of people forget is with no Durant and no Clay, they're going to (laughs) triple-team. They're going to force them to pass the ball. So you're now depending on D'Angelo Russell, Draymond, um, you know, to do a lot of your scoring. I think, if anything, Draymond might have um, closer to an MVP season than Seth will be able to. A lot of teams are just going to triple. Um, So, no, I'm just saying I think it'd be favored for Draymond because I think he'll have a higher –
0: you're being uh, hyperbolic. Putting... It's all good. I got you.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, no, I want to see that that tandem versus Russell Westbrook and Harden um, because yeah. I just I don't see how that's going to work. Um, so, if they're in a, you know, a huge matchup like that, um, it'll be interesting because come playoffs, you're not going to play any scrubs. Like, we know this. Come playoffs in the right. this year, there's not one scrub team.
0: So, if you yeah, can't beat Golden State. The first round's going to be fucking intense as shit. <laughs> like, right.
1: So, if you can't beat Golden State without Clay Thompson, it will not look good for you going into the playoffs. It's one so game, me, but
0: yeah. No, I feel you.
1: Well, no, I'm just saying as far as the matchup, because that, that on paper, the Rockets should be able to beat uh, this Golden State team. Like it, just, it shouldn't even be a problem. Absolutely. Um, so, to me, they have the, the more question marks to me. So that would be the more intriguing
0: um Christmas Day matchup for me to watch. Sure. Sure. Um I I think an obvious choice in the East is just matching the, the two teams that are the only two contenders in my mind in the East, which is Philly and Milwaukee. Um mm-hmm. for the reason I just said they're the only two contenders that are in the East. Um but the team the, the matchup that I want to see and the reason I said no um, was because I want to see Houston and Utah. Um, and here's why. Hmm. Storylines, baby. I want to see, A, Utah has lost to the Rockets the last two years in the playoffs. However, Utah has had Russell Westbrook's number um, the the last couple seasons, uh, particularly two seasons ago when they knocked him out in the fucking first round. Um, so, I think that would be super fucking fun, like, given all of the dynamics going on there, and, like, Russell shouting at fucking fans in the stands in Utah and all that shit. Um, like, dude, that would just be fucking great, like, that you'd have, like, the big storyline. there are two fucking contenders this year. Um, and I just think that would be a really fucking good game. Like, do does does like essentially does Westbrook joining Harden like give them give him an edge in order to like like take down Utah or you know does Utah adding Conley and Bogdanovich give them the edge to finally like eke out and fucking take down Houston James Harden and Houston. Um you have multiple different dynamics and storylines going on there because of, you know, where Westbrook used to play and all all the various series that these three teams, those three teams had had in the past. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be a fucking hell of a lot of fun. Um, so that'd be the, that's like the one that I really want to see. So I mean, it, 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 don't you think that's, that's reasonable as far as if you're not going to get Houston Golden State, that would be a really good one. No, I mean, I'd rather just have Golden State and Portland as your, like, 10-30 game. It's like the last game of the night. Like, give me that one. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, that, I'd be perfectly fine with that. But now that you mention that in storylines, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Christmas Day game. But I'm going to say this, Adam Silver, do everything you can to make sure each and every one of the Houston Rockets and 76ers games are televised. They have to all mm. be televised. Russell Westbrook versus Joel Embiid has been literally the best oh. uh, drama I have seen yeah. in the NBA um, in a while. That is trash talking at its final.
0: Um And <laughs> yeah, the last yeah.
1: time I believe uh, that they met, I could be wrong, but one of the last times that they met was an overtime game um, that I believe Russell Westbrook won or Paul George won the game uh, for them, but Westbrook waving That's goodbye right. to Joel Embiid. Yeah, him yeah. waving goodbye to Joel Embiid. That was classic. So if anything, yeah. I'd love to see that pissed pissed. Like a, uh, as one of the games. But if not, just make sure all of them are televised. Because you cannot rob us of that great, great drama yeah, there's only between two. those two players.
0: Yeah, there's only two of those games all season. So, yeah, they both, both of those fucking games better be goddamn televised. Like, yeah, I want to see those, <laughs> those games. Um, But, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Definitely wouldn't be a Christmas Day game. But, yeah, that would be – that's that's a matchup that's, match that's going to be fun to watch this season.
1: That's why it bothered me, Nick, that he didn't go to an Eastern Conference team.
0: Could right. Could you picture
1: if, if Miami was really good? Miami yeah, versus the Yeah, Miami, Philly. Oh.
0: Yeah, Miami, Philly. Yeah, that would be good. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dude. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, if you had Russ. Going against Embiid and then Jimmy again like see that would be a fucking storyline, bro. Like yeah, Jimmy going against like going back to Philadelphia getting booed and shit. Oh, that'd be fucking great. Um Yeah, yeah, that that would I didn't even think about that. Um but yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. Um but yeah, uh a lot of good games. Uh, real quick before we move on, um, who do you want your Knicks to play on Christmas?
1: Um, honestly, just for me and you to have, or me, you, and Joel, sorry, to to have, uh, fun back and forth, I'd love for them to play Atlanta. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it?
0: Like, yeah. I would like, I would like for them this year, like, they don't, like, okay, it's pick one or the other. And I know you're going to kind of disagree with me on this, but mm-hmm. it's like a faux tradition now for the for the Knicks to always play on Christmas, they want that Madison Square Garden game on Christmas, and that's fine. Right. I'm cool with that. We have we have five fucking games, so like one of them, like one of those games can include the Knicks every year. It's it's whatever. Um, but if you're going going to include the Knicks every year, like don't pick a juggernaut for them to play on Christmas. Like let them have a chance to fucking win the game. Um, so pick another <laughs> annoying, exciting team. So like. Either Atlanta, that would be fun um i I mean, I also think um Chicago like that would be really fun, like Chicago, New York yeah. um playing at Madison Square Garden, like pick a young um a, a fun young eastern conference team. those would be the first two that come to mind, but I'm right there with you man i think I think i I would just rather see a competitive game like last year when they played Milwaukee, and just got stomped, like, that sucked, no one enjoyed that. Like, if you're going to – like I said, if you're going to, like, insist that the Knicks are a Christmas Day game, like, then that's fine. But, like, give them, like, an opponent that makes sense, that can be a fun game to watch. And, like, Atlanta would be perfect. Chicago would be perfect. Um, Those would definitely be the top two teams on my radar. I would maybe throw in – if you want to be nice to them because they won the championship, maybe you could throw in Toronto. Um, Like, just because they're not – you know, they're not cream of the crop, but, like, maybe they deserve it because they won the championship last year. Although, I don't really care about that. I would say, okay, <laughs> don't give Toronto a Christmas game. Like, let them, let them enjoy Christmas in Canada. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, like, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I would love that. Um, either Atlanta or Chicago. I'd really love it if it was Atlanta, but I I would be down if it was Chicago, too. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Let's, Let's move, move on. on. Uh, who has a better bounce back year, Kevin Love or Gordon Hayward? Whew. Uh,
1: um, <laughs> it's a tough one. Yeah, it is. Uh, mainly it's a tough one because it's like, well, what's the comeback year for Kevin Love? Like Cleveland's right. not going
0: to be any good. So it's like, right? well, what? Like, so is he going to big stats, <laughs> bad team guy? Right. Or yeah. does he get traded? There, yeah, there's a lot that goes into this question. Like, does he get traded yeah. to a team that is a contender, and then he puts up numbers for them? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess just interpret it any way that you want to, I guess, you know.
1: All right, so let me interpret it this way. He gets traded to Miami. Um, and I, if he gets traded to Miami, then, yeah, I do like Kevin Love's chances of um, having a better bounce-back season. But if you look at Gordon Hayward, to me, his biggest issue was um, their more dominant players play his position. Um, So it's like that didn't change because Kyrie's gone. Um, I I think maybe the focus might have switched up a little bit, but to me, I kind of feel like now that Kyrie's gone, your focus should be uh, um, Jason Tatum. So it's like... I. I don't know and where Gordon Hayward comes in.
0: And Jalen Brown, right? Basically
1: yeah. plays the same position. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so to me, I, I don't know. I think it's harder for Gordon Hayward to have a, a bounce back season. Um, and to me, I think what's more gets traded, unless he gets traded, then there you go. But to right. me, Nick, the thing that stands out the most about Gordon Hayward. Um, think of it like this: that one huge year for him in Utah is why he is even being mentioned in this conversation. So, to me, right. I've seen more uh, more explosive seasons from Kevin Love, obviously not recently, but in his career, right. than I have Gordon sure. Hayward. Um, so, it just should be easier for Kevin Love to, to do so, but it will be hard if you're on a bad team. Because if you're telling me you're going to be 20 and 10, but you're on the Cavs all year, I'm like, well, even if you do have the better bounce back season, it won't matter because Gordon Hayward's doing, what, 18-5 and five on a winning team. So, I, mean, I, I, right. I don't know. It's a really hard question to ask. Um, but if we're going with the idea of him being traded Kevin Love, um, especially to Miami, I would then go Kevin Love. But this is way harder than the Warriors and Raptors <laughs> uh,
0: conversation. <laughs> yes, it really is. Um, yeah, I, fuck, man. I will say – I'm going to say Hayward um, mainly because – and I'm not speculating to the degree that you are as far as virtual like teams they can be traded to or whatever, though I do think both players have maybe 50-50 shot-ish of being traded. Um, but no, I'm going to say Hayward because I think – we you know we've seen the broken leg thing. It takes two years to get right from that um and it's this'll be two years essentially um since that happened um plus he's younger than love, plus he doesn't have the like he had that gruesome one gruesome injury, but he doesn't have like the constant kind of lingering injury issues that Kevin Love always seems to have now last year don't get me wrong, I don't think he was hurt all season last year. I think they were like, nah, okay, we're tanking. <laughs> like, we we need you to be hurt. You dig? <laughs> um, we just gave you that contract. Like, just fucking enjoy that money. Um, And we'll find, you know, find you a trade partner at some point. Um, But, like, nevertheless, I you know, I mean, he still gets, still gets deep neck injuries all the time. So, I don't know. That would concern me more as far as who can stay on the court more. Um, now, but the thing that concerns me with Hayward is if you really listen to the guys who were plugged – who were really plugged in with Boston, um, I think this could have been an in- interesting question too. Um, like there's an argument as to who was more disruptive to Boston was it Kyrie and his like weirdness um and his leadership in quotations um or was it Gordon Hayward getting minutes that three or four other guys on that team thought they deserved um like that was a big thing within their locker room um and I I don't know the answer to that question I would I would still kind of maybe lean towards Kyrie but just as far as last year's team, but like as far as this year's team with Kyrie not there um maybe that becomes a bigger issue, like if Hayward continues to struggle, and like Brown and Tatum aren't getting the minutes they want now, granted, you don't have uh Marcus Morris this year who is also was probably the biggest the guy who was most pissed off about the Hayward thing um mm. but nevertheless, like. I still think um, that's something interesting to, to kind of monitor. Um, and maybe if Ainge has his pulse on that and finds a reasonable trade, maybe he trades him. Um, but I'm going to – I'm still – I'm going to lean towards Hayward. He's younger. I think he's overall less injury prone. Um, and I think being two years removed from the injury, I think he'll it'll, it'll kind of – this will be a, a solid bounce back year for him. Whereas Love – I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever really have a great year again. Um yeah, or even just like really good year, I guess I should say, because I don't think Hayward's gonna have a great year. Um but yeah, so I am gonna lean towards Hayward. So you're leaning love, I'm leaning Hayward. Um but yeah, that's a tough question. There's so many ins and outs <laughs> to it. Like the uh, uh props I fucking Joel uh I don't I don't know who sent that question. Joel does, but like, props to whoever the fuck sent that question. You know who you are. Um, we're. I should be way more professional about this. I should be like, uh, you know, um, thank you to James Jackson from Wichita for sending us this question. <laughs> um, uh, oh, well. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. We got one more question, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, I like this question a lot, too. Um, who is this year's Sacramento Kings, um and by which I would imagine like who's the team that everyone thinks is gonna be shitty, but is actually gonna be good, like maybe not playoff good but actually gonna be good, um, I'm leaving that being the wide open answer and just chalking that up to a Knicks fan, so let's see where he goes with it, everyone. <laughs> A hundred percent, the Knicks. A hundred percent.
1: As you were asking, us, like I don't know why you're asking me this. You know what my answer is gonna be. Um, it's the Knicks, and and I think the Knicks have the talent, um, uh, to be an ace. Uh And again, we just finished saying like an hour ago how wide open six, seven, and eight could be in the East. Um, and I don't I see would trust Knicks you more if I- you didn't
0: pick them every year to be the Ace. You-
1: Oh, well, of course, I'm a Knicks fan. Of course, I'm going to make them. <laughs> That's so point, you know it's though. coming from Bayer. Trust me, you to be I'll objective this. about
0: this situation. <laughs>
1: I'll say this. I'll say this. That is very objective. Um, my question to you would be whoever is the eighth yeah. seed, whoever you have as the eighth in seed in the East, could you say yeah. right now, just right now, I'll, 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 on paper, because obviously none of them have yeah. played games yet, could you say that that eighth team is drastically better than the Knicks right now, just on paper. On paper, I don't know if I could drastically, say that. Drastically, being objective.
0: Yeah, like that's a it's a funny word, drastically, because like to me, like I, I would say, I would say there are several teams that I think are marginally better.
1: Hmm, fair
0: enough. I mean, look, hey, Knicks could not make the playoffs. Knicks could be horrible.
1: I just see this this challenge that they have at <clears throat> excuse me at each position and me thinking Fizdale is as good of a head coach as I think he is. I think this is the the time to show it. this is the time to show that you're a good head coach by getting a team that is not horrible um to make that a c um so they can build from there so to me, I could see everyone looking at the. because think of it like this, Nick. They picked the Knicks to win the Summer League. <laughs> the Knicks didn't even come close. So, to me, it's no. like they very likely could be the team that everyone's like, nah, man, I gave you a chance in Summer League. Nah, I don't I don't even see you being remotely good. And they come out and they show that they're an A-speed uh, caliber team. So, to me, I am going uh, the Knicks. And, sure,
0: you can say it's bye. Well, and I'll say this. I think the... The way the question is phrased, I mean, let's look at it this way. The Kings that make the playoffs last year, they ended up barely missing it. They were the ninth seed. So, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say the Knicks have to make the playoffs to be this year's Kings. Everyone thinks the Knicks are going to suck. If the Knicks are marginally good and win 36, 37, 38 games, that kind of makes them this year's Kings, right? So, like, Right, yeah. In that sense, I can agree with you. I can't agree with you they're going to make the playoffs. But I can agree with you that they could be this year's Kings. Um that being said, I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bulls. Um Yeah. I know you probably thought I was gonna go with my Hawks, and I like my Hawks. No, I'm glad you I go think, with the Bulls. Well, let me let me lead in with this. I think I like what the Hawks did in the draft, but you gotta look at this you gotta look at this everywhere. Um we don't have Bazemore anymore. We traded him. Um, so there, there goes our longest member, our, our most continuity member. Now, granted, he wasn't even a starter at the end of last season, but still, that's, that's something of note. Um, we traded Torian Prince. He was a starter last season. Um, that's also something of note. Um, we uh, lost to Wayne Denman. He was our starting center. That's a big piece for us. Um, there's a lot of pieces that have come and gone from last year's team. Vince Carter, we don't know he's still a free agent. We don't know if we're gonna get him back and have his mentorship and leadership um, in the locker room. I I just don't look at this team and and say we have a bench of I I don't know. Maybe like let, let's not include Bembry. I like Bembry because he he can play defense. He's not a great shooter, but like if you're talking about like just overall, like, our bench, um, minus our young core, so minus Bimbery and Cam Reddish, who are, like, coming off the bench, who are obviously still young players. I mean, we have Evan Turner, Alan Crab, Chandler Parsons, Jabari Parker. Um, that's not very good. None of those guys are very good. <laughs> so, like, well, I think they can fill minutes, and, you know, they can – still roles within the team, I don't think we're going to be that good. Um, I, I I hope we are. It'd be great. I would love it. I would love if we were like a fringe playoff team. And that, that'd be fun. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, but for the Bulls, I do. I I love, love, love the pickup of Tomas Dodoransky. Um, he's uh, basically a six-foot... Seven point guard, um, who's kind of like the perfect kind of guy to pair next to a very undersized shooting guard in Zach Levine. Satoransky's not a plus defender, I would say, but he's a mediocre defender, and just his general size gives him like an advantage that a lot of players would not have. Um, I, I, they, Otto Porter played way better when he got there. Versus when he was in Washington last season. I think he fits in very well with that core. Um, I think he's a really, he's a plus defender. He's an excellent three point shooter. He's a good player. Um, Hopefully, you have Laurie Markin in healthy this year. I think Wendell Carter, um, with a year under his belt, is going to make a leap. Um, I do uh, also like um, the, I don't know how effective he's going to be this season. Um, but I, I do like the pickup of Daniel Gaffers, where they got him. Um, I don't think he'll ever be like a good defensive center, which he'll always be a backup. But I, I do like that pickup. Um, Kobe White I think is, will be perfect as far as like a 20-minute a night, like let's bring him in slowly, let's groom him type of player. But Satterance, he's obviously your starter. Um, i look at a guy like Chandler Hutchison um, who kind of slowly transitioned um, into the NBA I hope he gets more minutes I think he could be a really valuable piece uh, for them and then like the big the big guy who they brought in I, I think that they spent more money on than anybody is Thaddeus Young um, just a fucking solid defender can play the three can play the four um, so it gives them a little bit of positional versatility there um, and so like if, if marketing goes down, if he gets hurt a little bit, which he's kind of been banged up his first couple seasons, you plug in Thaddeus Young and you're not missing a beat as far as like quality. It's a very different kind of player, but it's still a fucking really good player. And when you got a guy like Zach Levine, um, you know, you're not missing, uh, you know, that extra 15 to 18 shots that maybe Laurie marketing would take. Um, when you know that young's gonna take like seven or eight, because um, like Zach Levine will be like, "Shit, I get an extra ten shots. All right, let's rock." <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they, I don't, I don't know how down on them a lot of people are. I, I, I don't know how high on them a lot of people are. Um, but I mean, I just look at them and say, that could be a team that could be as high as like a six or seven seed. They could be as low as like a 10 or 11 seed, um, but I feel like a lot of people would probably have more peck towards that 11-12 mark, um, and I think they're going to be considerably better than that. Um, I think they could make that step uh, this season and, and be the kings of last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know my love uh, for um,
0: Zach Levine. Zach
1: Levine. Um. So I'm. I'm not even going to remotely try to hide that. I have an
0: extreme <laughs> love for Zach Levine and his game. Do you love shooting um, guards who don't play defense? You love Zach Levine. Yeah, well, you love Devin Booker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like your two yeah, favorite apparently. guys who aren't Knicks. You know, or have funny? no you know other affiliation for the Knicks. Oh, and you love Luca, the, shooting guard, doesn't play defense. Like, there you go.
1: They're all from they're all from the tree of Melo. Melo's the
0: scorer that doesn't play
1: defense, so maybe that was just a tone for me. Um, but no, I, I love I'm a huge fan of Zach Levine, and I'm also a huge fan of uh Marketing. I Think I'm saying his name wrong, but you know how yeah, I was name.
0: Yeah, I like Markin um, a lot. I was I was totally wrong on him, um, in the draft. I I had him at like ten or eleven, and he went seventh and is probably like the fourth or fifth best player in that draft. So,
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And I said, th- I thought I used to think he was a poor man's KP, um, but I had to upgrade that <laughs> um, <laughs> because I think he's very, very, very talented. And, um, you know, the idea of them being, Maybe is a better things,
0: defender. Yeah. KP is a better yes, rim better
1: protector. Right. Yeah. Um, and what's funny about saying, you know, they could be this year's kings is that I honestly think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I held yeah, they, the guy they very much the Hornets. I'll, I'm also the guy that thinks the Hornets will make the playoffs, but that's a whole nother story. Um, wow. But I, I, wow. I do think, yeah, no, we won't get into that, but you guys already well, then that already be, said how crazy that That, that should was have been that. your pick, not the
0: Knicks. Wait, you think the Knicks, yeah. the Bulls, and the Hornets are going to make the playoffs? Who the fuck do you have on the out? I have them six, seven, eight. Yeah, but like that's what As I'm the saying. Bulls, like so... 6. Oh, well, but my well, question I is, have, who do you have one through five, and who do you have like nine, ten, eleven? Okay, or so do you one not? Like, yeah.
1: No one. One through five, I got. Um, uh Milwaukee again is number 1. Yeah. I have obviously. uh
0: Philly, Sixers. Boston. Actually. Yeah.
1: Actually no. I actually have um the Pacers is my number 2. I think with all the coming back, they're going to make a huge step, a huge step because I will say this again, he was playing MVP level basketball before before he got injured. I will never back yeah, up but... my stance on that. Um, yeah, so but there's, I'm going, like,
0: dude, I don't know if you heard, but there's a report that came out, like, a couple days ago that said he might not be back until January, bro. Oh,
1: damn, really? No, I didn't hear yeah.
0: that. So, like, you Jeez. might want to rethink that, too.
1: <laughs> well, now that you told me that, I'm rethinking my entire playoff picture, <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. But, yeah, I, I did have a mean, that's not going the playoffs,
0: slow. but probably. Right,
1: right, I still have them in but, the playoffs, just probably lower. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I, I love the Bulls and I think the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. I actually think the Bulls will have a better record this year than the Pistons. Um and I will remain on that stand. Um yeah. I just think they're a better constructed team. I also think they have so a wait, lot of athleticism. Let me Go ahead. let me
0: just let me just take a let me take a poke at this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. see if I can guess who you got in your top five in no particular order. But and then who you got like not making it? Like yeah. I'm gonna guess. Okay. You got obviously Milwaukee, obviously Philly. You said Indiana. Um, I'm gonna guess Boston. And I'm gonna guess Miami. And I'm gonna say you're saying Brooklyn doesn't make it <laughs> because fuck Brooklyn. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna say you're saying Detroit and Orlando don't make it.
1: Right. Yes. 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 Uh, Net is okay, purely biased. Good.
0: <laughs> um Purely biased <laughs> in a negative so, yeah, I, no, so I won't hide that. It makes more sense to me now. Like you're like yeah, Brooklyn's not fucking getting. It. Kyrie's gonna get hurt. Fuck them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or my my biggest thing that I was talking to Joel about um the other day when we were talking uh, when I was over his house I was saying here's the funny thing, Kyrie went from a team um who did well without him when he came back it was up to him to be the leader of that team couldn't really leave right what makes anyone think he can lead this Brooklyn team? Like, you don't just all of a sudden right. become a and leader. Like, he doesn't just joining, pop up.
0: And he's joining a Brooklyn team who wasn't as good as the team that he rejoined and couldn't lead, and they lost a very important player in D'Angelo Russell, whereas Boston didn't lose anybody. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's an
1: argument there.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: a very fair one. Um, but, yeah, I, I do have Chicago Bulls making the playoffs. So, as much as the, the Hornets is my, my hot take and the Knicks is my bias pick, if I'm, you know, completely rationally thinking this through, I do still have the Bulls making uh, the playoffs. You could
0: say either at 6, 7, or 8, but I have them at... Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think they got a good shot at it. I don't know if I'll pick them to make the playoffs, but... I think they do have a good shot at it. You're crazy for that Hornet's take. By the way, I didn't <laughs> even think about this. I didn't include Toronto in that five, but no way the fucking Hornets are better than Toronto. Like even No, you're even, right. Yeah, so like, yeah. But um but nevertheless, I mean yeah, I mean the Bulls I could see. The Knicks See, I could see the Knicks before I see the fucking the Hornets, man. Like honestly. Like I just the Hornets are gonna be so bad. Like I don't I unless Terry Rozier is just every bit as good as he was in that uh that run that they had in the playoffs two years ago. I uh, and even then, like he had such a good supporting gas and he's just not gonna have that. We saw what Kimba had to deal with. I just uh, they didn't make any any really like hardly any addition, additions outside no, of Terry Rozier. You know so, who
1: I'm high on. Who? I'm high on Terry. I'm high on Terry. I'm high on the idea that he will be given a chance to lead a team, um, and I think in that uh, all you all you have to to do is be better than Orlando, um, and I think the the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> have potential to be well, better than Orlando. I think
0: I think you have to be better than Orlando, Detroit, you know, fucking Miami, Toronto. Like you don't have to be better than all those teams, but you have to be better than some of those teams. Chicago, like there's even Atlanta. Like I think Atlanta as much as I just got through saying I don't I'm not as high on them objectively speaking, um, just this year, um, as a lot of people are, especially some Hawks fans. Um, I like I still like if you if you were to ask me who do I think is gonna have a better season, Atlanta or Charlotte? I might pick uh, Atlanta. I really might. Um, just just because I think Trey Young's gonna be so much better than he was last year. I mean, he fucking. do you see his highlights from the Drew League, dude? He he went off against your boy, by the way. Fucking Frank Nilakina tried to d him up. <laughs> fucking Trey had like thirty two on his ass. <laughs> like it was nothing. Adam? Um.
1: I don't think it's I don't think it's fair. You putting Frank on me. Don't don't put Frank on me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess he's more of my boy. I was just really high on him. Probably higher than yeah. Any you of want Frank? You want now, Frank. well? I I even wanted I even wanted Frank uh, last before we got Trey because I wanted us to draft Luca and trade for Frank and I thought they would pair great together because. Luca can be your fucking ball handler and, and Frank can be your like defensive um, guy who can hopefully develop a three point shot. Like that was kind of where my head was at. I, I still think they would pair really great together. I'm, I'm really upset that Detroit didn't get him in that, that trade. I really wish they had, or not Detroit, uh, Dallas didn't get Frank in that trade. Cause I think that would have been interesting as far as, picking him up in that deal. Um but uh but yeah, um you, I do be, but it I will say this though. You do this, you 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 got really high on Frank and then he, he sucked in his his sophomore season and you're like, all right, fuck Frank." And I feel like you're going to do the same thing if Knox sucks this year. You're going to be like, "Fuck Knox." And yet like all this whole season, like both you and Joe Joel have been like not really you, more Joel, have been, like, really pissed at me for, like, talking shit about Kevin Knox, and I'm just like, man, I'm not even talking shit. He's just been terribly inefficient. He well, just hasn't been on. good. I'll say this. I,
1: I never I said he didn't have potential.
0: Knox. I just said he's not been good.
1: <laughs> if I didn't leave Knox before
0: December, right, where he
1: just looked mm-hmm. awful, just, like, why did we mm-hmm. draft him? Um, right then I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Knox for the long haul. And remember, I was excited about Knox, um, and I was telling you guys the Knicks were going to draft him before he was drafted. I was high on Yeah, him. you were. Um, so and I was me, telling you was it was a
0: mistake, saying, and they should take Michael Porter Jr., but yeah.
1: Right. So to me, I didn't know anything about Frank. My brother was, was telling me, like, yo, I saw some of his highlights. Like, he's nice. Like, you should go watch some of his highlights. So I was never there. So much Frank. Don't motherfuckers watching highlights
0: you. instead of games. <laughs>
1: Listen, sometimes it's all you have to go <laughs> off of. That that was how I got calmed down from Chris well, Stops while watching some of the highlights. Hey, hold on now.
0: It ain't sometimes. It's just like you don't like watching college basketball, let's be honest.
1: <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Uh, no, <laughs> like, I, Don't act like I, you're I'm a victim gonna, of circumstance here. You choose your path, motherfucker. <laughs> that is a very good point, but I will say this. I am not – I'm not jumping ship on Kevin Knox, even if he does struggle sure. this year. That's why I said I wanted the Knicks to get someone in that position that he's in that could start over him so he would have to make um, improvements. Right. 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 You'd have to force him to, to get better.
0: Well, friendly so you competition. you now have two
1: guys. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I'm not ready to give up on him. I even told you I'm not giving up on Frank. I just would prefer it if they realize he's not a point guard. Um, or right, the, the he's essence a shooting guard. What, right, and put him at shooting guard, have him be a more modern, a more athletic, a longer version of Tony Allen. And just get have him, him to defend. fucking hit spot-up
0: threes. Like, just yes. teach yes. that motherfucker to hit, like, just to plant his feet at the three-point line, catch and shoot. Like, just teach him what's to do help, that. That's not
1: that hard. What's going to help Frank is putting him on the floor at the same time as Elson Payton, who can run the run the offense so Frank doesn't have to right. have the ball in his hand. it will help Frank develop to where it's like, all right, if I want to ever touch the ball, I'm going to have to learn how to shoot it. Um, So yeah. he'll have to gain the confidence in shooting it because he won't have it because you now have a ball handler and
0: um right. in Elford Payton. Well, so but that should help him tremendously. That's mostly – yeah, I mean, that's mostly kind of how Frank was used last year. I mean, he even played the three a good bit. So – um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're trying, they're trying with him. They're trying to figure out how to use him. They just haven't figured it out yet, but, um, maybe they will, maybe they won't. We'll see. Um, but hey man, fucking super fun episode. Thanks for jumping on with me. Um, what do we got coming down, uh, coming down the bike this, uh, this week? I know we got, uh, some Wrestling Geeks Alliance coming up. TS top 10. Uh, what else we got? We also have Geeks Against the Grain, where we
1: will be breaking down a lot of trailers, what our favorite thing coming out of Comic-Con was. Um, we also nice. have Geek Vibes Live again this Sunday. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. We do have a convention coming up that a few of our writers are going to, but we'll focus on that around Geek Vibes Live time. Uh, we'll have more information
0: on that. But um,
1: we have some stuff we're, we're, we're trying to cook up, So, so everyone definitely stay tuned.
0: Awesome. All right, cool. We'll be sure to tune into all those and we'll be back on Thursday night uh to break down some more uh, NBA action. Until then, peace. Peace.